Yo, I don't think we should talk about oh, this. Come on, why not? People might misunderstand what we're trying to say, you know? No, but that's a part of life. Another episode of Mixed Opinions. It's your girl, Tara. And today I'm here with four beautiful women, and we are going to be talking about sex education. So I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Jenny, and I'm 22. Hi, I'm Mariana, and I'm 23. Hi, I'm Miranda, and I'm 22. Hey, I'm Adriana, and I'm 19. Okay, so I want to start the conversation off um, with a nice little question. So when it comes to educate or sex education, what are a few things that like you think of like off the top of your head? Like I remember when I learned sex education, I was in sixth grade. And the first thing that I remember was like your period, puberty, and obviously using protection. Um. I think about similar things to what you said, Tara. I feel like a lot of it was very minimal, um, kind of just like, if you're gonna have sex, use a condom, but like nothing kind of about other aspects of like sex education, like maybe like the emotional or consent aspects. I feel like it was just kind of like, use a condom and that's kind of like the extent of it. And I feel like also like in retrospect, I feel like it was really like heteronormative in, in terms of like, I was always like male, female, like you'll get pregnant, like things like that. But I feel like there wasn't really extensive sex ed on other aspects. Oh, I didn't even think about that too. I don't know. I think I first started in sixth, maybe fifth grade, actually. I took a health class in middle school. And then I also had to take another health class in high school. And like, they really didn't go into death, like at all. Like, I feel like they should have like, I don't even think we even talked about going to the gynecologist or anything like that. Like, I feel like there was a lot more that needed to be learned that wasn't taught. Also, um, I remember learning really late about stuff and like your period. I already had my period. And then they just started talking about that in like seventh and eighth grade. And like girls get that so much younger and we've already kind of been through it. So I think it should be taught younger too. Um, I also have a little cousin who's like now just going through puberty and he's so confused about everything. He's always asking me like, why does this happen? Why do I have one armpit hair? Um, I just think that puberty is starting so much younger too, that it should be taught younger as well. The cow milk. I blame cow milk for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, me and Miranda went to the same middle school, so we probably learned the same yeah, kind of thing. I'm pretty sure we're in the same class. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of stuff do you think that, like, health classes should be talking about? Like, for me, I think consent is a huge thing. I don't remember one 
health teacher talking about consent and that I think is a huge no-no like I should have learned that it's okay to say no you shouldn't feel pressured I feel like instead of talking about consent we were just like told not to wear spaghetti strap shirts or you know because we're distracting or nothing above the knee too high which is like why did we learn that instead of learning hey, if you look at someone inappropriately or do they want to be looked at like that? So I just remember like that was a rule. No spaghetti straps. Like you had to wear a sweater over your shirt, which is so weird. Yeah, it's like sexualizing us at what? We're 11. Mm -hmm. Like that's like, so women are already like, okay, like it's kind of all our fault. Like they're already kind of instilling victim blaming from the start okay well I guess we already talked kind of got into victim blaming so I guess I'll kind of try to give a definition to it because I feel like people don't really have an exact way of explaining what it is so when I think of victim blaming it's basically saying that it's the victim's fault for them getting assaulted. Wow, we're really jumping right into this stuff. I should have said trigger warning in the beginning. But when I think of victim blaming, for sure, it's like other people around putting the blame on you saying, well, maybe you shouldn't have wore that skirt that night. Or maybe you should have said no. Or maybe you shouldn't have flirted with this guy or went to his house. And a lot of people don't tend to forget that even if you go to a guy's house and you're making out, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to offer them sex and we shouldn't feel obligated to give up a part of our body. And we can say no at the very last minute. Just because we're already naked, we can think, oh shit, I don't want to do this. And it's okay to say no at that moment. Um about victim blaming I think that girls when they go to guys houses just to hang out I heard this so much in college they would be like okay like I want to go smoke with this guy and they go and then they come back in the morning I'm like where were you and they're like oh I slept there like I hooked up with him I was like you didn't want to hook up with him or like he's not your type of guy he's unattractive whatever And they're just like, well, yeah, like I smoke, like I felt like I had to, like I couldn't say no. I'm like, what? How does that make any sense? You could have just hung out with him. Like everyone too often, like a lot of girls just say, I felt like they couldn't say no. Like they never did say no, but they felt like they couldn't. And they just went along with the situation and then felt guilty about it. And just kind of like tells people like, oh, let's just forget about that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that like feeling pressure, I think consent can be like, so like, it's so important to understand that there's like a million different ways to consent. Like you were saying, like you can consent once you're naked, like you can take away your consent once you're naked in bed. And like, it could be, he just bought you like the most expensive dinner or he smoked you out, whatever it was like, and you can say no, but I feel like in so many situations, we also don't treat typically like men. We don't tell them like, oh, like, if you give her weed or give her a dinner, like 
that doesn't mean you get anything in return, but it's like they're expecting something in return. So then we feel as women, we feel guilty or we feel obligated to give something back. And I think that that's something my mom always like instilled in me. Like she was like, I don't care what you're doing, when you're doing, don't let anyone give you shit. Like literally just, even if you like give them $5 for it, like don't ever like always split with people just so they don't, so you, so you don't feel like you owe anyone anything. And she always meant it with, in terms of guys, like in a sexual way. Like she always told me like, I know that sounds weird, but like I instinctively, even if I like were, like were to go on a date or something and like, it was just a casual date. Like I always instinctively feel like I have to split it because I don't want anyone to just turn around and be like, what? I just, I just bought you this whole meal. You're not going to like suck my dick. Like, and I feel like that's something she, I never really understood it. Cause she enforced that into me when I was super young. And now I'm like, okay, I get, I get why she did that. And now I'm a little crazy about it. Like maybe I should like chill and not expect that everyone's like out to get me, but that's something that she always told me. That's actually really good. I never even thought about it like that. I just been taking the handouts. <laughs> no, I mean, you should, they shouldn't be <laughs> predatory, bro. Like it's not, it's not your fault. I was gonna say, speaking of that, I just like the other day, I had this male friend that I've been friends with since like the start of college. And during like the summer of like last summer, like 2019, like way back, me and my boyfriend broke up for like a brief period. And it was like my birthday in August. And that's when we had broken up basically. So he was just like, oh, I'm going to take you out to dinner. We're going to do something fun for your birthday. And I was like, okay. And me and my boyfriend got back together because it was just dumb, whatever. So I was talking to him about it like last week and he was like, well, you got back together with your boyfriend. And I was like, okay, but you told me that we were going out to dinner for my birthday and you're just gonna buy me dinner, like as a friend, like how we usually buy dinner. And he was like, well, you told me if you guys ever broke up that you would give me a chance. And I was like, I never told you that. I don't know where you got that from, but I don't like you like that. I was just like, even if I was gonna give you a chance, why would I start dating you right after I just broke up with him? Where am I healing? What part of that? gives me time to go from this relationship to another relationship it doesn't and he was just like I find that really insensitive that you said that and I was like I find it insensitive that I got back together with my boyfriend and you were just like I'm not taking you out to dinner after we made plans and picked out a date and time and everything to go and I was just like that's really weird it's kind of like guys think oh I'm friends with her like she wants me and it's like why I hate that guys think that just because we're friends with them some ounce of us wants them and I and it's the boys that are like guys and girls can't be friends because girls we can be friends with men and we don't want anything with them it's the boys that will always want something in the back of their head that is kind of scary you know you never know like at a vulnerable point like someone that you trust could easily just flip a switch and try to take advantage of you I saw it in a movie won't go in depth about that but um Adriana do you have any I guess similar stories or situations friends yeah I have to agree um with everything you ladies are saying especially Jenny because growing up it was kind of the same way like I don't know I'm just very independent and I get it from my mom just like don't don't I don't know not to say don't take handouts but like don't expect anything from anyone like every time I go out I make sure I have my own money like I don't need anybody paying for anything for me or thinking that I want something from them because 
I don't, I don't like the people holding things over my head or feeling like, oh, because I brought you this, you need to do this or you need to do that. And being, even being in college now, like the guys are very aggressive, like very aggressive and pushy. And it's just, it'll make you feel uncomfortable. But, um, and then with guy friends, I feel like even when I go out now, I've always been the type to have a group of guy friends. So like being in college, I had to get used to that because the guys are different from the guys who I grew up with at home and been friends with. Like the guys at college, they they want more or they think I'm trying to get more when like, no, I really wanna be your friend. And I just naturally get along with guys better than girls. So it was definitely a learning experience, but I have to agree with everything you guys are saying. College guys are the scariest guys looking back. I don't know what the heck they're on, but all they think about is sex. Xanax. Xanax. (laughs) Alcohol and partying. That's all they care about. It's so scary. It's so scary to think about. I remember I was at um, one party and literally you walk in the door and the guys had... Albany's a big bar head school and uh you walk in the door and the guys they just have bars in their mouths and they're like oh you want a free bar give me a kiss and they're I'm gonna yes I've done this I've gotten a kiss and I've taken one but it's just like scary like that they're literally just have these bars in their mouths and even if you didn't even know about that like they could easily have this QB sneak view and put this in you and you're done you're blacked out but Miranda you were gonna say something I just saw no you're fine I was about to touch base on like college guys being aggressive and weird like I remember I I love black men too (laughs) don't even get me wrong because I had to freaking lie because he just kept trying to push himself on me he was just like oh let me get your number and I was like no I'm good because I just he wasn't my preference so I was just like no I'm okay and he was just like let me get your number like I'm a good looking black man all this stuff and I was like I like white men I was like please leave me alone I was like I like white men I don't even like black men and he kept harassing me like every day that he saw me he'd ask me for my number or my snapchat and then I finally gave him my snapchat and I would have to mute him on snapchat because he just kept consistently writing me or was like, oh, let me take you out. And I was just like, no, you just cracked me out like a lot. No, you mentioning that, that you had to tell him like, oh, I'm interested in like white men or like if a guy is, um, what's it called? Like hitting on you and consistently like messaging you or flitting with you. Why does it take you having to say, oh, I have a boyfriend or I have a fiance or I'm married for them to stop harassing you. But our simple no is just not enough. I was so dumb. I used to say that I liked girls and I didn't know it turned them on. So they'd be like, oh yeah. And then they would chase you like even more. But I literally would lie and be like, yeah, I like girls. Like, oh, or then I just started being confident. I'm like, I think you're ugly because that's the only way they would back away. And then they'd call you a bitch after. And it's just like, well, that's the only way you're literally going to stop being two feet away from my face like or like two centimeters away from my face and then you're a bitch for standing your ground and being like get the fuck away from me 
Yeah, I completely agree with multiple points that everyone's been saying, but to go back to Tara's point about the bar thing in Albany, um, freshman year, I was 18 at, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the bar that no one went to. That was Varsity. Varsity, sorry, thank you. It's out of business now, so yeah, I keep throwing that name out here. Yeah, so, so I was at Varsity, had an older guy who was like trying to pursue me and stuff like that, and he kissed me with a bar in his mouth. I had never, I was literally 18, and I had no idea what even, like, I didn't even know what Xanax was, literally, and it was just, and then I didn't, I barely remembered anything for, like, the rest of the night. You know what I mean? Like, that was just so like normalized just to have like a bar in your mouth. Like that is like, you're literally drugging me. Like, you know what I mean? But you would never realize that in in the moment it's like, it takes like years along down the line to realize that. And then the other thing was about rejecting men. I think I've used ever as most people have used every excuse in the book. And it's like, why do I even need to lie to you? Why can't I just be upfront and say, I don't want you or stay away from me. It's because one, they don't listen. And two, you're a bitch. I don't care about being a bitch, but I just feel like you just feel pressure to like make up a reason instead of just like asserting yourself and being like, no, like I don't, I'm not interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking on the topic of like saying no and denying men, do you guys have any tips for people like how to say no or how to like get out of a situation when you're trying to like kind of what's the word like denying consent like do you guys have any tip damn we're all quiet that's sad it's hard because like we've probably used every single thing in the book and my biggest thing is always have a friend which is like ridiculous that we have to say that to intervene um but if you're saying no and you're saying, Hey, I'm not interested in a nice way. Like, Hey, you're cool. Maybe we can be friends. I'm not interested. And they're not taking it. And you're just going to be called a bitch. I rather be called a bitch than have to, you know, have someone be annoying me all night or, you know, being creepy, even like there's creepy men out there that will follow you throughout a house, a bar, anywhere outside just to get your number or like, give a fake number. I've done that too. I don't know. I'd rather be a bitch than be annoyed all night. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to give advice on that because I'm, I don't care. I'll be a bitch. Like, no. And my face will be dead serious. And if you don't get away from me, I will like, don't come up on me. I will hit you. Don't touch me. Like no is no for me. Like I don't play. So I don't know, but then everybody's not like me. So I know it's hard for some people to say no, but I don't play about that. Don't make me feel uncomfortable. Don't, none of that. Mm-mm. I have one time I texted a friend and I was like, call me and say you have an emergency. Sometimes it works. One time it did not work. The, the guy literally like grabbed me, tried to fight me. I, literally had to fight my way out of the situation so sometimes it's good but I don't know I've only had one experience maybe out of the six times I've used it sometimes you do really have to fight your way out of a situation unfortunately but usually that does work for me having a friend call you and say it's an emergency yeah I agree I would I would agree with the friend thing always have if you can always have a friend just like nearby god forbid anything which are like you know some people like 
they like you said Tara like they hear rejection they like start like getting staticky and they want to like get in a fight and stuff like that or they want to fight you about your answer which is no so I think that having a friend to back you up is always important I've used I've I can't even tell you how many times I've used the like oh my friend needs me excuse I actually had a friend in college take a picture of me uh throwing up in the toilet and keep it saved and she would show it to guys and like look Jenny again blacked out she needs me and she would use the same picture of me repeatedly night after night to reject other guys like look come on you're gonna let me leave her and so like that worked I don't know like that's like really extreme but just have one one friend throwing up one time and just <laughs> literally holding their hair back um that seemed to work for her so oh another tip I would say is Share your location with your close friends so they know where you are. God forbid, like you go, you think this guy is cool or you've talked to him and you've had good interactions, but just for one time, this is like really bad and you really are not about it and he's not letting you leave. At least they know where you are. God forbid, like just have a couple good friends that you're going out with or the people you're going out with. Just share your locations like you can even just. Uh, stop sharing it the next day if you don't want people to have it but I think that is actually like something good that comes from like find my friends like definitely share it with your friends I feel like a lot of the time too though we never are upfront about like the situation we kind of try to make excuses instead of just saying like hey I'm not interested because we're afraid to like hurt guys's feelings um so that's something I realized, you know, with like nicer girls, <laughs> they're just like, oh, like, I feel bad. Like, I actually know him. I have class with him. Like, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to make things awkward. I just think that um, we try to sugarcoat things for what, though? Be like, hey, I'm not interested. You're a cool friend. That's it. And, you know, there are some guys that are creepy and going to continue. But if we kind of are upfront from the beginning, kind of helps the situation, too and sober I feel like it's but that is a better in a sober interaction Uh, Miranda you were gonna say something yeah I was saying I had like quite a few run-ins with guys but uh, I was gonna say that you should download like 360 because it shows like your exact location and while you're moving in the car but when I go out with guys I make them send like my their license like their whole license to me like the picture their full name I will take a picture of your car plates when I'm going to your car and make the model and I text it to my friend before I go into the car or whatever that was like when I was dating now I don't do that even if I'm meeting up with like a new friend that's a girl I do it because I'm always scared that somebody's gonna kidnap me and I'm paranoid so I'm just like oh I'm going to meet so-and-so and this is their social media and this is their picture and stuff like that and I'll send it to like my boyfriend my sisters and like a few other friends that aren't in state just in case something happens and nobody sees it that is so freaking smart I never even thought of that like getting the car and the light their license how do you finesse their license like I feel like I'd be so bad at that I'm just like oh I just want to make sure you you, who you say you are and I'll be like send your whole license like you don't have to send your address but I need to see your name like your full name and I'm just like I don't feel comfortable meeting with you if you don't send it to me like that's so sus what who gets mad over somebody wanting to see your license like what if you're not the age that you say you are and I sleep with a minor like whatever or I'm hanging out with a minor I'm drinking with them you know so then they're just like oh okay yeah I'll do it and then they send it 
that's a good tip for all the people dating out there online dating just listening to us like this is so sad the extremes we have to go through I know I I hope this like gets better I hope people hear this and they're like oh I have more tips because it kind of makes me sad that like I don't really like know I'm still like figuring it out how to say no to people I remember one time I don't know if you remember this Mariana but at our old house when we lived together when we were literally hiding from men we locked our doors and hid and they but you know looking back at it too we were afraid to say hey we don't want you in our house because we were you know friends with them or had to keep relations they were just like hey you could have just said no and we kind of did just hey lock the door and hide and yeah that was our first instinct run away don't say no literally run and hide you know what we got for that they stole eggs and pizza and mariana's vegan food (laughs) (laughs) they stole my cauliflower pizza that was vegan they probably hated it so when you first meet someone and you're about to have sex or hook up with them you guys all asked when the last time you've been tested I hope like that was absolutely 135 million percent I remember one time a guy asked me that and I was like wow I want to marry you (laughs) like I feel like guys don't do that and men if you're listening ask girls if they've been tested because girls can be nasty too I feel like people are always like oh that girl is clean no you need to ask man woman they's you need to ask when's the last time you've been tested and if you haven't been tested go even go get tested even if you're in a relationship I'm get tested begging you, begging you to get tested I mean <laughs> Yeah, I get tested every year. My doctor is just like, I'm going to test you anyways. I was like, I'll be his ass. I wish he would. (laughs) I make him get tested too. Like, don't play with me. I was like, a magical disease appears one day. I'm beating your ass. (laughs) I will really be mad. But I've been in the for two years. I get tested every year. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, the guy, I'm like, yup, test me freaking HIV the whole thing do it all pregnancy test all of it do it all for me I don't care like even if I've I've been with someone or even if I haven't even had sex in months I'm like yep still test me you never know shit can literally be dormant like people don't really talk enough about STDs and I know college you don't really use protection but people really really need to try too like I don't know why condoms are so terrible (laughs) you skim if you really want like the realistic uh feel I'm like is it it skin or skim skim. what the hell is it not the skims like Kim Kardashian (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's Trojan it's the I forget it's like the yellow one I have to look it up but I remember I had to ask, I didn't, I'm not even going to say who it was. I asked somebody that was like one of my partners before how many times they've used condoms before. And they were like, I just started once I got to college. And I was just like, what? And I was like, how many partners do you have? And they were just like, um, 
like 16, whatever. And I was just like, geez. I was just like, so nobody ever taught you to use a condom in there and just like, no, I've never used a condom from like my first encounter until like I got to college. And I was like, why oh, yeah. would you start using them once you got to college? And he was like, I don't know. One of my siblings told me to. And I was just like, that's crazy to me. They didn't tell you to use it to begin with. And he was like, oh. yeah. Oh my God. Not even everyone in high school is on birth control. How are you not going to use a condom? Like, Oh my God, that gets me so tight. I have a tip. I have a tip for condom using in college. Um, kind of have it so that the person that you're the partner you're sleeping with can never say no because you always have one on you. And I feel like there's a stigma like for girls that carry around condoms, but you'd rather do that than have some sort of STD or pregnancy scare. So that's something that I always did. I always, always, always had condoms on me or like like I wouldn't take no for like a literal answer. Like if someone tried to like not use a condom, I just, I would be like, I'd be like, okay, then I'm literally getting up. Like, and it'd be kids that lived like with all dudes to be like, oh, I don't have a condom. Like there's nine motherfuckers in this house. None of you have a condom. <laughs> like you're lying to me, you know what I mean? So I would just always have like access to them. Um, that's just my tip because I am, when I was, Single, I was like extremely crazy with condoms, like hyper crazy. And if you don't wear a coat, like I would always keep one in my coat or you can even put it like if you have a thong, like put it in the front of your underwear. Yeah. You don't, um, even if you're wearing socks, like put it like in your shoe, like you can find places, even if you're not going to bring a purse or a coat out, like bring a condom. And, oh and, God, I, and I bet you they have them somewhere. They're just, they're just being untruthful about it or they know they can have a friend like in college everyone's living like all together they could find one just just if they're saying no they're probably lying i just want to say that and they if probably they, have if they, say, uh, <laughs> if they say no and then you threaten to walk away or you start walking out the door they are gonna magically find one oh, they're gonna be like oh look, there. there's one right here you're not walking out of there untouched <laughs> like they're gonna find one Oh my gosh, what was, um, I wanted to say one more thing about the being tested. Hold on. I think we covered it, honestly. But um, I want to talk about toxic relationship signs. Um, just because I know I saw this, what the hell was I watching the interview with, um, what's her name? FK Figs? Or is she just FK Twigs? Oh, Tiggs? Yeah. Fuck, what's it's her name? Twig. I feel bad, but I don't know. It's it. Twig. Sorry. Um, and it was Shiloh. Yeah. But I definitely, because like toxic signs come in all shapes and sizes. So unfortunately, I feel like I think every woman has encountered at least one toxic relationship, whether it's a talking phase, because you can still be in a toxic talking phase relationship even friendships honestly I've had toxic ass friends so we can just start a mini list of toxic relationship signs for people I would say when they're automatically controlling off off the bat when you're just in the talking stages and they're just like oh well why do you have to go and hang out with this person like they want to take control of your time 
and what you're doing and who you're hanging out with, or they don't want you to hang out with certain people all of a sudden that when they met you with, you were already hanging out with these people and they're not bad people. I think another kind of like red flag is when, I don't know, I don't want to go into these ways that you can find out if they're talking to other people, but if they're like, uh, I hope I'm the only guy you're talking to and they, and you know, for a fact, they're still talking to other girls, but the minute like you're seen with another guy and they're like, oh, I just saw you out with so-and-so like you better not be fucking them and it's just like bro you're not even my boyfriend and this is like my brother like what the hell is good with you like that's a red flag if they see you out with a dude and they're automatically like who the hell is this or on your snapchat like who are you with red flag I agree with that and I think the the number one thing that that pops into my mind when I think about toxic relationships is like the isolation slash like jealousy aspect, which I know like Miranda kind of touched on, but it was, it's like, if they were trying to make like themselves be the only person that they, that you get attention or love or affection from, like, that's like the number one sign of like being toxic. Like they just want it to only be you. They want you to kind of cut off your friends. They want you to cut off your other support systems to make, themselves your only support system like I've had experience with that in high school like I was very naive so I didn't realize that that I was kind of losing all of my friendships that I've spent so much time like in years building for this one toxic person and he was kind of driving all of my friends away and like kind of like putting a wedge between everyone in my life and him so that's like my biggest thing I think about like isolation like if you feel like you're being isolated or you feel like you're, you're losing connections with your friends I feel like that's like a really big red flag I feel like also when you notice that you're apologizing for everything um that's a huge sign too let's say you just bring something up like hey you hurt my feelings about this and then all of a sudden it it's this huge problem and then you're like oh I'm so sorry or whatever it is and you end up crying about it I think that communication and you know talking about feelings without having a fight and you should not be always apologizing for every little thing his mistakes your mistakes her mistakes whatever it is big sign Another sign to piggyback off that is even if you have, if you start over explaining things, like let's say you're going to the cafe and all of a sudden you're like, yes, we went to the cafe at this time and we left at this time and we also stopped at the gas station. So if you like thought that dinner was only like an hour, like if you catch yourself over explaining, you shouldn't have to do that. Like you're going out with your friends or you're seeing family and you are finding that you are explaining every single detail of that event, that's kind of a sign that he's controlling you. Another one that I want to say too is something that you can show that the relationship might get physical is one, usually it starts with emotional and verbal abuse. It usually leads to physical um, abuse as well. Also, if they're yanking you and grabbing you, that's the start because soon they're going to start slapping you and punching you and doing other stuff to you as well. So a grabbing is a huge sign that it 
the physical abuse is gonna get worse. I have two things. Um, one of them would be when you find yourself changing yourself. Like if he's like, don't wear this, don't wear that, or only wear this when I'm out with you. Like we, us women, they wanna say that we're so insecure. Men have a lot of insecurities that they don't know what to do with them and they try to convert with them. Like, no. To me, that's a big no-no. Like, don't what to wear. Don't don't do that. Um, another thing is pay attention to how they treat the woman in their other woman in their lives. Like, if they were raised by their mom or their grandmother, if they have a baby sister or a baby cousin, like, how do they interact with those relationships? Them always arguing with their mom or yelling and disrespecting them you're not gonna get much more out of them. I'm sorry. It's just how they view women. And especially if they've been like that since they're young, don't feel like you can change somebody because there's only so much you could do. So I would pay attention to that as well. Yeah, another thing too, I learned this from Big Little Eyes, but uh, I know that it is very hard to get out of abusive relationships. But if you're starting to try to find your way out, tell someone you know even if it's like a little thing be like he's not treating me right you don't have to go into detail but even just try to find at least one person that you can open up to and even be like don't tell anybody you don't even have to go into full detail just be like I'm thinking about leaving so and so he I don't think he's treating me right your friends can tell like I was in a toxic relationship in high school and my friends, they would tell me constantly, I need to get out of that. And you're going to be blind. Like, it's going to be hard to see for a little bit. You're probably going to dismiss them. But if when you're ready to get help, your friends, they will be, they will notice for a while because you will change. Your whole attitude would change. The way you perceive life is going to change. Your whole demeanor, even in your face, they're going to know. So if you think that you're alone, just know that your friends and your family, they can tell when something's wrong. And speaking of that, we're already going to get into like seeking help and asking for help. So if anyone has any tips of how people can try to find, I guess, how to ask for help and how they can talk to people or how to kind of bring it up or even how to be an ally to someone that needs someone to talk to. If anyone has any tips on that. I was going to say, sometimes people will ask you for help and then they'll double back. So they'll be like, I want help. I I don't know how to tell you this, but everything's not like good once you leave. Like he gets really aggressive. And I've had multiple friends like throughout these last four years that have been in abusive relationships to the point where like they had fingers slash they can't use their hand all the way or they had black eyes or they were calling the police or they were choking them or breaking their stuff or taking their phones. And I would always try and help each one of my friends when they were in this situation. I'd be like, oh, I'll come and get you right now and we'll go to a hotel. And then I'll start driving and they'll be like, don't come, stay where you are, I'm fine. The police are just here, I'm gonna get a restraining order. And then it'll go back to the same pattern again and it'll be like nothing happened and they'll be 
acting normal because not everybody else knows what's happening because they'll confide in just you and it's frustrating because you're just like what do you want me to do because now I feel like I'm being a bad friend because I'm not helping you out of the situation but you can't help somebody come out of this situation that they're not ready to come out of yet so that's like the hardest thing so you have to sit there and figure out what to do without being too pushy because if you're too pushy to somebody that's in an abusive relationship they cut you off and then you don't hear anything from them and it's radio silence for a while until they reach out to you again and they tell you that they need help and then you just have to figure out from there what you can do that won't be too much but is helping them at the same time I agree with that too even if like I'm gonna speak from my own experiences like one of my friends completely stopped talking to me. We're cool now, but, you know, it is going to take people time to get out of it. As I said before, you are blinded to it for a very long time. You don't really notice and completely cutting them off. You may think you're helping or you're just annoyed that your friend is in this toxic relationship, but when they are ready and you cut them off, and then like you start talking to other friends and then they slowly stop talking to you or your other friend, it's going to be harder for them to leave because you're cutting them out of their lives. So they're going to stay in that relationship as long as they want, because that abuser is going to be like, see, you have no friends. I'm the only one here for you. Why are you going to leave me? Nobody likes you. Nobody loves you. No one's going to support you. So you may think like, oh, I'm leaving. I can't deal with this but you may be hurting them in the long run and they're going to stay in that toxic relationship longer. Everyone, please ask for help. Like, I think nobody should be ever scared to ask for help. And another thing is don't wait till the last minute because the more you wait, the more it's probably eating you up inside, probably deteriorating your mental. Like, please ask for help, whether it's and I know a lot of people, they might not feel comfortable going to family or going to certain people, but always just find that even if it's just that one person that you can really go to and talk to about anything because nobody really knows what's going on with you until you say something. So I encourage everybody to get help, even if it's a therapist, find an outlet. Even if you're not in a toxic relationship, get a therapist, you know? It's nice to just have someone to talk to. Even, like, some people don't want to disclose everything that's going on in their relationship or you don't want to disclose it to your friends because, you know, you may get into a fight with your boyfriend, you talk to your friends, and it's just a fight. Relationships, you're going to fight, toxic or not. Like, fighting is inevitable. Like, it's going to happen in a relationship. And some people, there's going to be some friends that you vent to them and then they're going to be like, fuck that guy. Like, oh my God, why are you with him? Why are you with her? But it's just a fight. And then the next day they may judge him for like ever and be like, I hate him because of that one fight. But people forget like they're going to fight in relationships. So if you don't want to vent to your friends because you know your friend is that type of person, like you go to them once and it's a bad fight, but you know it's going to get resolved eventually. And they're just the type of person to be like, I hate him. Like he made you cry. A therapist would be nice at that point because like I said, you're going to find in a relationship. It's going to happen. You're not going to agree on everything. 
to add on to that, a therapist is like a third party that is not involved in your personal life and has no bias. So like a friend, a parent, a family member, they always are going to have some sort of bias, whether it be good or not biased, but they're going to be biased towards their loved one. So the therapist is a really good third party that they can kind of just look at it from an outside perspective. Um, so that's also a benefit of having a therapist. I'm all for therapy, 100% encourage it. I'm big therapist activist or supporter. I love the therapy. Even sometimes you just got to get things off your chest and you don't want people to know. You want to tell your little dirty, deep, dark secrets and you don't want nobody to know. Therapy. They're under laws. They can't tell what you're telling them. Like, Mariana, do you have anything you want to add before we move on? I feel like people think so bad about like, oh, like she has a therapist, like, or, you know, kind of put people down for having one. But sometimes you just need to get things off your chest, even if it's like once a month you talk to her or him. Um, I just say use them. They're there. Even if you think it's like the smallest of a problem, they're there to listen. And a small problem can be like, a bigger one underlying. Let's talk about some sex toys and <laughs> knowing your own body. And what else can we talk about? Obviously, I feel like I said this in a past episode, but I want to talk about slut shaming as well. And that you should experience sex and not feel shamed of sleeping with other people because at the end of the day the body count does not count I just think it's a hard thing to unlearn like kind of like the body count and like slut shaming I feel like it's so ingrained in us as women like and so in like a cultural thing a societal thing so I feel like just by reinforcing that like you should have like a positive relationship with sex and you should love your body and you should know how to make your body feel good before you bring anyone else into the situation and kind of just realize that um sex should be a great experience it shouldn't it shouldn't be followed with like shame and guilt I think that's just something that I personally have had to unlearn and I feel like a lot of people also need to like unlearn that kind of like ingrained in us I think that if you are safe um and you know consent is there no matter your choices, I think it should be respected. Some girls and guys don't like to sleep around. They like to have one person or, you know, wait for someone um, to be more connected. Some people like to sleep around, which is totally fine. But as long as um, you know what you want and you're not doing something because of you feel like you need to fit in or you don't want to do it because you're scared whatever it is just comfort and whatever you want to do also I think is really important so I want to like bring it back a second because we're talking about like a bunch of things that group together I feel like I feel like sex education should be split up between boys and girls because I feel like masturbation should be explained because you feel like you're being dirty and gross like and then you can't really go into it fully because you're 
in a mixed group with boys and girls so they don't explain that to you you don't understand that you're not being weird by masturbating or being sexually turned on by some random commercial or something you're just your brain's stimulated by whatever you're seeing and then I also wanted to talk about the double standards of body like not body shaming slut shaming sorry because you get praised as a man for sleeping with a bunch of women but if you sleep with a bunch of men you're a whore that's how they try to label it and I feel like that's weird I feel like that's instilled at a young age like you're your parent or whoever or teachers or whatever like oh you shouldn't be talking to this many boys or you shouldn't be going around or sitting with these many boys you're sitting around with a bunch of boys you should be with girls like why is that such a heavy thing that is taught to us at such a young age like I've always been a tomboy and I've always been around boys but I've always was told like oh you shouldn't be doing that that's not ladylike you're not being a lady by hanging out with these guys and another thing I wanted to touch base on with the wearing clothes, like my boyfriend has no problems with whatever I'm wearing, but I realized when I'm around his family or people that are with his family, somebody will make a comment about my clothes and he'll correct them. Like I had to tell him about that. I'll be like, um, someone just said something about my shorts, how my shorts are too short and that they need to be longer. And he was like, who said it? And I'll be like, oh, so-and-so said it. And he'll be like, um, she can wear whatever she wants to wear. Like, I don't understand. They'll be like, oh, he lets you out of the house like that. I didn't know he was my father. And I didn't know as being a 22 year old, I need to ask a man what I can wear before I leave the house. Like, I feel like that's crazy. And like, even I don't wear bras. I don't like bras. They'll make comments about my breast. Why are you looking at my breast? <laughs> like, I just don't understand. <laughs> like, what is, what is my body have to be the topic of the conversation? I hate that. And I was just like, I hate that you guys are raising like the girls in your family like that. Like, oh, just because the guy's here, you shouldn't be wearing that. Or like, oh, his mom's boyfriend will be there. And they're like, oh, he's here. You got to go put on clothes. Like I am wearing clothes. If he's looking at me, he's the problem. I'm not the problem. Like, I don't understand. No, yeah. I also want to touch base on what one thing that you said, Miranda, about the masturbation thing. Yeah. In sex ed, they do not talk about female masturbation. I remember in one class, like, uh, my health teacher was like, boys, like you need to masturbate because you have to release yourself. It's not good to bottle all that up. Oh, that sounds a little weird, bottle that up. Anyways, um, but they did not mention anything about female masturbation. And I think that it is important to know your own body before you get involved in sex, like virgin or not, or you know, God forbid, like, um, even though one thing we talked about that there is no such thing as virginity, but if you had sex before you were even ready, and that was taken from you, your first experience, you should learn how, take time to learn your own body and what you like. And once you know, kind of like, okay, like, this is like my vagina, this is my clit. You should know the parts of your body and you should take time to learn yourself. It is not bad to know that. And once you actually take the time to, you know, figure out what you like, sex is going to be more enjoyable because you're, it's not going to be taboo because there's some girls that don't even know what their vagina looks like and they're having sex. Like get a mirror and look at that thing or not that thing, but 
look at your vagina. Like you got to be comfortable with your body because if you're not comfortable with some, with yourself touching it, why are you letting other people touch it? I hate that I'm saying it, but I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I definitely agree with once you know what you like by exploring yourself, once, once you have someone else in the mix, you can be like, I like this turn a little here, you know, move a little more here, touch a little more here, kiss a little more here. And it just becomes so much more enjoyable for both of you. Um, Cause once you're having sex and you don't even know what you like, it's kind of just like you're this out of body experience. That's not the good out of body experience that you're just like, not even there physically mentally nothing so you're kind of just expecting someone else to kind of figure it out for you once you can just be trying to do it yourself too and don't ever feel ashamed for telling a guy like oh I don't like that but if you do this like I like that if a guy is like oh why are you like instructing me how to have sex with you don't ever have sex with that guy again because he is not respecting you because a man that respects you or a woman that respects you they will be okay with you telling them what you like and what you don't like. If they have a problem with you expressing yourself, they should not be touching you. I completely agree with that. I think that it's sometimes hard to find your voice and be assertive during sex, but once you figure out like, wait, if they're enjoying themselves, then why am I just sitting here? It changes the whole perspective. And like, once you find your voice and get your confidence, like you should absolutely assert yourself and you should not feel any shame towards it. Once you start doing it, hopefully you get more comfortable doing it. Like Tara said, if someone's upset that you're asserting yourself, do not, do not, I repeat, do not sleep with them. Yeah, they're not going to get better and they're not going to learn. Trust me. <laughs> they're not going to change themselves. That's just who they're going to be. I want to touch back on like the whole slut um, shaming thing. I think even as we talk about masturbation, like who is anyone to call someone a hoe or a slut for being sexually active or enjoying their right to have sex? I mean, yes, there are certain things you have to do, like have safe sex, get tested and things like that. But you're single and you're out here having sex, whether it's every day, every week, that's to each his own. Like that's what you like to do you sexually have a right to do that like it's not against the law so I don't know I just wish we could like stir away from the whole hoe slut all those um words well I also want to say something too that um don't ever let your family shame you especially older generations it's different don't let them talk down to you if you I had sex 15. I, I don't care about sharing the age, but, and family was like, that's way too young, blah, blah, blah. Don't like, I had no problem with it. It didn't, I didn't lose sleep over it. The family, they had a problem with it. And frankly, I don't care. Where they wanted to say anything they wanted to say to me, speak it. Cause at the end of the day, you're not going to change my mind. And find other people to talk to about sex like yeah your family that's your family you should be able to talk to them you can talk to your friends about it or you can have like a close family friend that like a motherly figure or whatever or 
talk to your gyno, like have that relationship with your gyno and talk to her about it. If you don't have like an older woman to talk to, but no one should shame you. If you feel ready yourself, don't let anyone take that away and don't let anyone shame you. If you can sleep at night, okay, you're fine. No, Tara, I have to say us being related, like we have the same family. (laughs) Literally, I lost my 15 too. And it's just like, first things first, they love to like call each other and talk about things like, come on, like (laughs) what I'm doing. If I wanted to tell everybody, I have everybody's number, like I will share it. So that's why I had brought up like, getting a therapist like don't let people think you having a therapist something is wrong with you or something like that because sometimes you just cannot talk to certain people and it's even family like they don't know how to keep sometimes well it depends on your family but I know for mine nothing nothing stays in your household like some cousin is being called some aunt is being called and something's being shared and yeah, they're going to voice their opinions and they're going to try to shame you. And it's just like, why? Like, you're my family. You're the, you're, you're not these outsiders. Like if I'm coming to you, I want to be comfortable coming to you. So I definitely can agree with that. (laughs) Also, don't let people shame you for not having sex too. Because I remember all of my friends were having sex and I definitely wasn't. And they were like, I thankfully had such good friends. They were like, you know, okay, cool. Like do it when you want to do it. But there were other people like, what, why? Because I don't want to. I don't want to have sex. Don't shame me for it. When I want to, I want to. So either way it goes, don't let people shame you. Even on masturbation, like even at this age, I still feel like I don't even know. (laughs) a lot like I feel like I don't know my whole body still you know like I feel like there's so much I have yet to learn and I feel like we should all be talking to each other about sex toys at least some good ones or like even things that help you stimulate like orgasms because there's people that have problems with having orgasms whether it's through sex or just by themselves and I feel like nobody ever discussed that stuff with you get toys and figure out your body that is my number one advice I literally if I get a toy I'm like I put all my friends on I'm like hey group chat buy this (laughs) or I got my college roommate a toy for her birthday oh no for Christmas and I was like you're gonna like this one and she was like greatest thing best one I've gotten yada yada like put your friends on oh yeah my um one of my aunts actually got me my first uh sex toy so it was great. I didn't know how to use it, or I think I was just too lazy to put the batteries in. And then eventually I got my own thing, but I kind of suggest, I remember the first time I ever masturbated, I didn't know I was masturbating. See, this is why health classes need to talk about it. I was rubbing up on a pillow and I was like, Ooh, I like that. Like, so, and I, didn't realize what I was doing at such a young age now looking back I was like oh my god I was masturbating but I definitely suggest like before you buy a sex toy or whatever like use your fingers or even the shower head or um the faucet like the tub faucet if you don't have like a detachable shower head like just go under it and just have the full pressure on and or what time TMI I was in high school and 
before my aunt bought me my first sex toy, I used the end of a hairbrush. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that before. And like, I've never done that. I've never done the faucet thing. Like, I never did that. I was just like, you know, I didn't think about all the different ways everybody masturbated until I watched this YouTube video by, um, I hope I'm saying her name right. It's Shan Budra. And I was watching all these people talk about how they masturbate. This one girl says she uses the edge of the tub. And that's how she masturbates. Like she finds like a hard surface and that's what she does. <laughs> I just use my legs. Like I don't use my fingers. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I'll talk about it. I'm just like, I never was like, oh, hey, let me use my hand. I never felt like it gave me anything I would like somebody else to do for me. Like that's how I felt like it was stimulating for me. And then somebody else was talking about how they um like they'll get an object like a freaking cucumber out of the fridge and like wrap it up like that's what they've used and I was like I never thought about these <gasps> things before until I watched the video and I was just like maybe I'm missing out on something okay I did the cucumber once and because everyone was like oh you have to try you have to try it like my guy friends actually told me to try it. and I was like ew no I'm not gonna do that but in the back of my head I was like mm, let me try it and you can't eat it afterwards like trust me I didn't eat it I didn't eat it I promise but um it does kind of uh welt up or wrinkle or get squishy just so people know so like it's kind of like a one-time use type of thing and I hope you get like a cheap cucumber if you do because like it's kind of a waste honestly I wouldn't use food Please clean a cucumber if you're going to use it. Please. Like, eat it? <laughs> no, no before it. you use I, it. I cleaned it. I cleaned it. I, I promise. I put a condom on it. Okay. <laughs> it's so weird. I put condoms on my sex toy. I don't know why, but... I do, I do. too. <laughs> like, whenever I'm using them, my boyfriend thinks that's so weird. Like, even when we're using them, like, together, I still do do it just because, like, I don't know. It's just, like, my thought. Oh no. I was thinking about that too when we were talking about condoms, how you guys were talking about how it's this huge um stigma for females to walk around with condoms. I was the one that had like 300 boxes of condoms and I had them just sitting in my room and I had like a little <laughs> pouch for my condoms and I'd walk around with the pouch. Like I didn't care. Like it was coming with me wherever I was going. <laughs> I'm having a great time. Honestly, I must say this is a fun conversation. <laughs> thank you for having us of course yeah, thank, thank you. you and I also want to say before we end off that you guys are more than welcome to come on whenever you want it's an open invitation I say this to all my guests that whenever you feel the need that you want to share anything or bring awareness or whatever hit me up and you have a platform always Sex with me so amazing All that's all work, no vacation Stay up off my Instagram, pure temptation Hit a switch on a fake nigga like a station Sex with me so amazing